At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Craig Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On v the sports betting network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bay Network, and we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you. We're going to have a little bit of college basketball in this segment. At the end of the show, I will give you my full Circa Millions card. Going to go through it a little bit faster, as I did unfortunately take the Seattle Seahawks as one of my plays. That's really the first one all year that I took on Thursday Night Football and did not hit, so we will try to be able to get a little bit more online with that regard, but... Helping me get online, Mackenzie Kramer. He does absolutely tremendous work over there at ESPN in their stats and information department, along with the show, The Daily Wager. He is going to be joining me 15 minutes. We're going to be taking a look at this NFL card. And on top of that, we'll try to see if he's got any look at lines for this week as well. Because while we're all taking a look at week 15, a lot of books, they've got some lines available for week 16, and he's done a great job extracting some value there. So, we're going to have some fun with it in, with McKenzie in about 15 minutes and want to tie up loose ends for the last hour. Big thanks to Pam Maldonado. Join me for three segments. Talked a little tennis, talked a little college football, talked some NFL. Absolutely great to be able to get guests in studio. Jason, you deserve a gold star for that one. Very, very good work to our good producer, Jason, on that and was a great conversation there. So always do appreciate it. If you missed that, vcin.com slash podcast for that. But let's take a look at some college basketball and Let's dive into a good old Biggie showdown. 871-872 on the board. It is Xavier and the X-Men are on the road facing up against Georgetown. Hoyas are 
Between a 10 and a half to an 11 point underdog, your total on this game is anywhere between 156 and 156 and a half. And with this Georgetown team, made them a nine point underdog. If you're looking for a live betting strategy, here you go on Georgetown. Whatever they do in the first half, bet the opposite in the second half because this Georgetown team is about as inconsistent as inconsistent gets. I like to call them a child because with a child, when you hand them a full course meal, a full sandwich, you're going to eat half of it. So that is Georgetown. They are the type that they think that they're able to eat that full foot long, insert your sub here, and, well, their eyes are bigger than their stomach, but they do finish one half. They give you one good F, and they give you one bad F. And with Xavier, the team is having a little bit of a tough time of it on defense. For the Xavier offense, they have been really awesome. This is a punch that they rank in the top 15 nationally in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. They're lighting it up. But with that said, they rank under 13th of the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And their points allowed on a per-possession basis jumps by 18 points in a road and neutral court environment as opposed to at home. Now, you do have a Xavier team that we've got Jack Nunge and Zach Fremantle down low. They're going to give you a combined 14 and a half rebounds, 32 points per game. And they're combined to shoot over 40% from three-point range. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression for the Xavier three-point shooting attack. But they will shoot over 40% from three-point range as a collective, and a big reason why Mr. Sule Boom, he comes in from UTEP, and he's been able to bring the boom as he's been able to give the team right around 16 points per game, and this is really a well-rounded team because with Boom, he's able to chip in there for assists, 1.2 seals per game. You got the Sachi suffer himself and Kobe Jones, 15 points, five boards, four and a half assists. He is shooting 50% from three-point range. Boom is shooting 51% from three-point range, but after your main five, you don't have anyone else that really gives you more than three and a half points per game. Kai Kai Tandy, Jerome Hunter, they need to provide a little bit more for this team. And for Georgetown, they have the talent to not just cover this game, but perhaps win it outright. I know it sounds crazy, but this is a talented Georgetown team. Jay Heath is able to give you 13 points. He bombs it from three-point range. Primo Spears has not been shooting it well from three-point range, but he chips in there 15, 16 points. He gets the ball to the cup. He gives you five rebounds. I like what he's able to do. A cook, a cook is someone I'd say is six foot nine. He's able to bury over 40% of his threes. He gives you multiple blocks per game. Kudis Wahab, seven and a half rebounds per game. I mean, you've got no shortage of talent here with this Georgetown team. It just comes down to this team lacks focus for like half the game. And that is on coaching. I wish I could call it anything else, but you have noticed it with Patrick Ewing and his teams not necessarily being able to stay online. But I do think that it is very important that Georgetown just does a good job being able to dole out the ball. We've been seeing Brandon Murray do a solid job, give the team four assists along with Primo Spears. So that has been helpful for this team. You've been dealing with a few ailments on the team, but by and large, they should be good to go in terms of this game. I said Georgetown is a nine-point underdog. I think that you're going to get one good half from Georgetown. I think you're going to get one bad half from Georgetown, but I do think that the good is going to be just enough for them to be able to get the job done here. And when it comes to total, I did set it at a 153. You've got a... Georgetown defense that isn't necessarily efficient. We will call it what it is. I just don't know if you get enough possessions in this game. Georgetown outside the top 100 in terms of possessions per game. Xavier, there's now looking to run and gun it a little bit more. They're in the top 30, but I do think that you're going to see a little bit of three-point shooting regression with the team for Xavier as well. They're a good three-point shooting team. They're not north of 40% as a collective good. So I'm taking a look at the under, and I'm willing to take the north of 10 that we're currently seeing with Georgetown as I did set them as a nine-point underdog. How about if we go to a team that used to be a big giant fade that now is starting to pick up a little bit of momentum, and it seems like the betting market is starting to like them a little bit more. 881, 882. 
Chicago State, they're on the road. They're facing off against Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois is a 15 to a 15 and a half point favorite. Your total on this game saying between 133 and a half and 134 and a half. I would need the hook on 15, but I set my line at 15, so 15 and a half or more. That is a take for me on Chicago State as Chicago State is probably going to lose the battle down low, but you have someone in Jay Sean Corbett who's able to give you eight rebounds, 12 and a half points per game, and the Chicago State team, under the radar, they actually did a good job in the transfer portal, which I can't believe I'm saying it, but I mean, they really did because with the Chicago State bunch, they went out and got a pair of guys that were top 250 recruits from a few seasons ago. Wesley Carter Jr. was originally at Sam Amford, 16 points, five boards. He's bombing at 37% for three. Elijah Weaver was a little bit banged up, but he's back. He was actually a top 75 recruit of USC a few years ago. He was spending his time last season with Dayton. He's been able to supply a 33% three-point shooting percentage, two and a half assists, a steal, 11 points per game. What you really need is these guys like a Deshaun Gene Charles, Bryce Johnson, who have been able to give you six, seven points per game to give you just a little bit more of this and that. And for Southern Illinois, they are going to have the best player out there on the floor, the kid from Wapon, Wisconsin, and Marcus Somas. This kid is a statue sufferer. 15 and a half points, five and a half boards, four and a half assists. He does it all. And with Southern Utah, they're probably going to be able to win the battle on the glass, but I pointed it out that Chicago State really doesn't have a lot of size. Southern Illinois doesn't do the world's greatest job on the glass either. They've been without Scotty Abube, who is able to give the team six rebounds in the one game this season that he played, but he's been all sorts of banged up. So you've been looking to Clarence Rupert. He was a part of that Elite Eight team of St. Peter's from a season ago. It's an okay six foot eight big man, three and a half, four rebounds per game. He's a nice defender. Not really a guy that's going to be pounding the glass. Troy Amico has been able to give you a few rebounds per game, but you're really relying upon guys that they don't do a great job of being able to hit the glass, hit the glass, and Xavier Johnson has been a disappointment. He comes in from George Mason, where he was averaging right around four and a half assists per game. I thought he was really going to be able to relieve some of those ball handling duties of Marcus Domask, and only giving out two and a half assists per game, where he gave up four and a half last season. Now, he is shooting at 46.5% from three-part range, but on very low volume, seven and a half points per game. Juwan Noon, a double-figure scorer from Evansville. He's only been able to supply five and a half points per game. We have noticed that the Southern Illinois team has been kicking it up tempo a little bit more in the recent games. I think that they're going to get back to form this team. They've been trying to go a little bit more up tempo against teams like St. Louis and Company. It has been a big, giant stink burger for them. I think that they're going to be getting back to their style. They're currently about 250th in terms of possessions per game. Chicago State is a relatively slow and controlled team as well. They rank about 225th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Now, with Chicago State defense, it has been a relatively grody for them this season. They've actually been able to emerge on offense on defense 319th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But the Southern Illinois team certainly leaving quite a bit of something to be desired on the offensive end because they turned the ball over a little bit over 13 times per contest. They just aren't, are unable to hold on to the ball. As a result, they've had a lot of dead possessions. That's why they're outside the top 200 in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Both of these teams, they commit too many turnovers to really trust in and over in this spot. I set my total at a 131. As a matter of fact, this is a total that began at 131.5, and we've seen it tick upward. Gives me a little bit of value here on this total under, so I do like that, and Chicago State, a 15 and a half or more. I'm going to be willing to trust in them. How about if we go with a late night slobber knocker? Weber State is going to be on the road facing off against Cal Poly. This is 885, 886. Cal Poly, anywhere between a five and five and a half point favorite. Drills between 127 and 127 and a half. And with Weber State, I'm willing to take five or more with them. I said Cal Poly is a four and a half point favorite. And 
I will say Cal Poly has been a little bit more respectable recently. They've actually been able to get wins, which that's something we haven't seen a lot of from Cal Poly in recent years, and a big reason why Alamami Karama, he's a six foot eight combo player that's able to shoot in the mid thirties from three point range for his career, has been able to do a great job supplying twelve and a half points, five rebounds per game. Now, both of these teams leave a lot to be desired on the glass. The big reason why I do like Weaver's sake getting at least five in this game is because they do have Mr. Swiss Army Knife himself in Dylan Jones, and he is going to be the best rebounder in this game. As a matter of fact, he's the only player on both sides that averages more than 5.8 rebounds per game. Now, what Weaver State has done is that they put a little bit too much on the plate of our good friend, Mr. Jones, as right now he's registering 14 points, 9 and a half boards, 3 and a half assists, 1.7 steals, and he's shooting about 28% from three-point range. You have nobody else on the roster giving you more than 3.4 rebounds per game. That is not great, to say the least. You don't have anyone else giving you more, more than 1.3 assists per game. So that is an ailment. Now, Stephen Verplanken Jr. comes in from, likely enough, Southern Illinois. He's able to shoot 47% for three, and he's shooting right now 94% of the free throw line, 12.5 points per game. So he's been able to uplift a little bit of the pressure off of him. But I do think that this is going to be an under game. You've got a pair of teams that they rank in the bottom 80 nationally in terms of total possessions per game. Weaver State with Randy Ray out now at the full day have throttled things way down. And both of these teams turned the ball over north of 14 times per game. You really don't have a set point guard on either of these teams. Chance Hunter has been a solid shooter for Calipari, but at the same time, he really doesn't help in terms of ball handling. I think that this is going to be a sloppy game to tuck you in late at night. I've got Calipari as a four and a half point favorite, so we'll take at least five with Weaver State. Set my total at a 126 half as well, so we're going to be diving under as well. And we shift away from college basketball next to take a look at some football. Mackenzie Kramer, who does great work over at ESPN with the Sets and Information Department along Daily Wager, is going to be joining me taking a look at Week 15 and perhaps some Week 16 look headlines next here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get in on the football extravaganza this season with Hulu Plus Live TV's football extravaganza. Compete for free for a share of $55,000 in two different ways. Predict what will happen in three college football pools and then make your picks for eight fantasy NFL contests. Head on over to DriveKings.com slash Hulu NFL. Now to play for free. Hulu Plus Live TV. Like table, only better. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DriveKings.com for details. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by Mackenzie Kramer. He does great work over at ESPN, both with the show, The Daily Wager, along with their stats and information department. And it is always great to have you aboard. Mackenzie, thank you. Always great to be on with you, Greg. Looking forward to talking football with you. Absolutely. And we're going to be talking all about Week 15 here in a second. But I know that there's a few look-ahead plays for Week 16 that you're diving into. And more on the total side of things. Take me through what you're all liking in terms of some of these look-ahead lines and what you've been able to get down on. Yeah, I mean, my favorite look-ahead line, the one that stood out to me the most next week by far, is the, in the Bills-Bears game. And the total right there is 45. And I know the Bills' offense has been struggling up recently, but the Bears' defense has been by far the worst in the NFL since the Roquan Smith trade. The Bills could get to 30 in that game by themselves easily, and the Bears' offense has been a little bit frisky recently. And I know in a game like that in Chicago, you have to look at the weather. Ten days out, the weather doesn't look so bad. Obviously, it's going to be really, really cold out, but we've also seen really cold games go over the total recently. 4-0 this year, 14-4 and over the last three years in terms of games 32 or below, and uh, the 4 is for games 20 and below. So I-, I like the 45 in that one. I think that's a good overplay. I, the Ravens at six and a half against the Falcons. I'm looking pretty hard at that. I'm not sure if I'm going to pull the trigger. Obviously, we're not sure what the Lamar Jackson status is going to be. And then the other one that kind of stood out to me is the Browns laying three against the Saints next week. Just because if we do get the Deshaun Watson bounce back, the uh, basically bounce back game, or I don't even know what you want to call it. <laughs> first good game he's played in two years. I mean, we know how good he, he used to be when he was with Houston. But if he does have that, that game where he turns into the guy we used to know, and that line is definitely going to be over three next week. So those are the three that I'm kind of looking at now. But the only one I bet is the Bills-Browns over, or the Bears-Browns over. Bears-Bills, well, third time's a charm. There we go. I was about to say, old school song. You were talking about the guy that we used to know. Somebody I used to know. Very, very underrated song. One that I oh, always yeah. enjoy. And I know that we were talking a little bit about totals. And there is one total on the board for week 15 that you really do like. And that would be this Cowboys versus Jaguars line. 
We have seen the total actually go up a little bit from 45.5 to 47.5 with the Cowboys. They went from a six-point favorite to a four-point favorite. And if I were looking anywhere on the side, I'd be looking at the Cowboys, but I've yet to pull the trigger. But Trevor Lawrence, he started out the year very hot with that win against the Chargers. Things went downward from there, but feels like he's building himself back up. And for the Cowboys, very solid defense, but I just think that they're going to be able to put up some points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. If I'm looking anywhere, I'm looking at the over. I've yet to do anything with this game, but take me through what you like in terms of the total. Yeah, I think I think the Jaguars are kind of an over team the rest of the year. I mean, I, I talked about the Jaguars a couple of weeks with you about how I thought they were a, a buy team the rest of the year. I thought Trevor Lawrence was starting to show signs of playing the best ball of his career, and it continued last week playing a really, really good game. And one of the things he does really well is he gets the ball out quickly. Second fastest time to throw this season in his last few games when he's playing his best football. It's been even faster. So against that Cowboys elite pass rush, I think he can actually make some plays by getting the ball out quickly. On the other side of the ball, the Jaguars have the second worst defensive EPA per play since week five. That defense has been pretty miserable all season. I think Dallas can put up some points in that game. I think Jacksonville as well. I think 47 and a half is a little bit low. As far as the side, I wanted to look at Dallas early in the week. Our FBI look, our FBI model loves Dallas. We think they're number one in the NFL. And we actually have the Jaguars pretty high, too. We think they're the 11th best team. But even with that, our spread for this game is Cowboys by over seven, by seven and a half or eight points. I can't get that high. but I, And I, and I kind of like the way Jacksonville's been playing recently. So I don't know if I'm going to play this side. I've seen some three and a halves pop up. Maybe that can catch my interest on Dallas. But I haven't played a side in this game, and I'm probably going to stay away. Yep, I don't blame you there. This is one where I lean towards Dallas, but I don't necessarily love it as well. So I sort of stayed away a little bit on this one. This is one where the line has gotten way down, and I think that you are in agreement with me. It's maybe gone a little bit too far. As Right now, it's Circa on Minnesota. I'm seeing a three with juice across the board. I'm seeing fours elsewhere. So if you like Minnesota, you probably want to go to Circa right about now because I don't know how long this three is going to be lasting, but... That said, you got a total anywhere between 47.5 and 48 with the Indianapolis Colts. I just can't trust in Jeff Saturday to save my life. I recognize the Minnesota Vikings have won all these one-score games, and I got burnt by them last week. But I mean, especially at this befuddling three that I'm seeing right now, I'm willing to lay it. How long is the break between our two segments? Because I might be running. We've got about four minutes. All right, I think I got. I can think I can fire at the three then. But yeah, three is definitely enough for me to make a play in this game. I've been waiting for the three and a half to show up, but. I think this is a nice bounce back spot for the Minnesota offense. They had a tough string of opponent defenses until last week against the Lions where they played a bad Lions defense, but Cousins still threw for over 400 yards in that game. While the Vikings play a lot of low, low score games, they're still 4-0-1 against the spread their last five as a favorite, 3-0 last three as a home favorite. And I think this number is a little bit too low. I just don't think this Colts team is very good. I And I think the fact that everybody knows Minnesota is kind of fraudulent. They're the first team in the Super Bowl era to have 10 wins in their first 13 games and have a negative point differential. But I think that's baked into the line. I mean, this line basically says there's a two-point difference between these two teams on a neutral. And I know Minnesota is a fraudulent 10 and 3, but I still can't get the four in this game. Our FPI thinks this line is closer to six. That's kind of where I think this line is. So at three, I'm definitely on Minnesota. Three and a half, definitely Minnesota. Four, kind of right on the border, but if anything below four, I like. Yep, and like I said, with the three that I'm seeing right now, you have to lay the minus 115 juice. Laying a five, five extra cents of juice to be able to get that three. Trust me, you take that every single time. Because if you try to buy down a four down to three, you're going to pay a whole heck lot more than five extra cents of juice. So, and it's a, yep. <laughs> and 
By the time this segment is done, this might be dried up, by the way, because there might be some people listening to this. But that said, how about if we take a look at the divisional rivalry that we saw two weeks ago end in a tie between the Giants and the Washington Commanders, with the Commanders being a four and a half to a five-point favorite. The ultimate lack of revenge spot? Because typically it's like, oh, one team beat the other or anything like that. I don't know what you call this. I'm still looking for the term. Is it double revenge? Is it no revenge? Is it semi-revenge? Something like that, but Jordan's game is between 40 and 40 and a half, and after seeing these two teams tied two weeks ago, I recognize the Giants had to play last week, and the Commanders, they got a bye week, so it's back-to-back games against the Giants. I just don't think that there's enough separating these teams to where either team should be a four and a half to a five-point favorite on their home field. I am personally looking at the points with the Giants. Not sure if you agree slash disagree, but I think that these are two pretty evenly matched teams. No, I'm with you in this one. I was on the Giants in the first beat and getting two and a half. I thought Washington outplayed them in that game, but still got the cover because the tie (laughs) getting two and a half, you get the cover. So that's all that counts to me at the window. The commanders have have played a lot better recently, but I don't really trust them to lay over five points. Like you said, I don't think that they're that much better than the Giants. And we've seen the Giants be frisky as underdogs all season long. Uh, They're 4-0 against the spread off this season, 4-1 against the spread on the road. I'm a big fan of this Giants team. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not necessarily the world's biggest fan of this, of either of these teams necessarily, but I mean, the Commanders, they made me quite a bit of money. At the same time, I think that now they're getting a little bit overhyped, and I think that things have come back to earth just a little bit. How about if we take a look at Titans versus Chargers? Because with the Chargers, they're a three-point favorite. They're a total of right around 46 and a half, and with the Chargers... I like what I'm seeing out of them. They finally have guys that are healthy. Mike Williams getting back out there to go along with Keenan Allen. I think that that is massive. And for the Titans, this is a team that they were on a really nice run. They were covering all sorts of games. But last few weeks, things have went down the toilet bowl, and they haven't been able to get Derrick Henry going. I think the big key here is Derrick Henry. And I do think that the Chargers are going to do a competent job against them. I'm going to lay three with the Chargers. I'm, I'm with you in this one. I think... With the Chargers passing offense finally healthy, I really like to bank on bet on this Chargers team. I saw a forty-five to win, uh, forty-five to one on them to win the Super Bowl. I don't even hate that because they should be getting Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Rashawn Slater, a bunch of their guys back in the next few weeks. But as for this game, I think Tennessee's defense has struggled against the pass all uh, all season, especially recently once they've started playing some real opponents. When Justin Herbert has Mike Williams and Keaton Allen on the field, he's averaging over over 88.1 yards per attempt, completing 81% of his passes. I'm a little bit worried about Henry against the Chargers uh, run defense. Chargers are bottom of three in rushing success rate. But I think the passing game beats running games in modern NFL. And I, and I kind of like both offenses in this game. I sprinkle over 46 and a half, but I think the chargers are significantly better than Tennessee. Tennessee has been beat up on defense. Jeffrey Simmons, we're still not sure if he's going to play. Uh, Traylon Burks doesn't look like he's going to play. I don't know if the Titans can move the ball and keep up with the chargers. And I think the chargers are going to put up a, a good number, number of points in this game lean the over, and lean the Chargers team total over as well. We've only got a few seconds left in this segment, so that's perfect for this game. Cardinals versus the Denver Broncos. Broncos are laying three. I've done nothing with this game. I want absolutely nothing to do with this. Are you bold enough to take any sort of a side or total in this game? 37 is such a low total. I hope they really get there in this game. I really want to play Denver. I think Arizona might be a fade team the rest of the year, but I don't really want to lay three points with Denver the way their offense has been playing. We know the stat most of the year, but when they score 18 points, they, their record would be unbelievable. 
that's because they don't score 18 points very often. If you don't score 18 points, you're not going to be covering three points very often. So for me, this is mostly a stay away. Maybe lean the under in that one if I want some action. Denver unders 11 and 2 this year, but that's about it. This might be the stay away game of the year in all sports, but we've got plenty of better matchups that we're going to be breaking down with Mackenzie Kramer of ESPN next here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The college football bowl season is about to kick off the VSN as you cover with this year's college football bowl guide. This year's guide has picks on every single bowl game on the side and the total from all of our VSN experts, including the one and only Brent Musburger, Steve Mackinnon. He's got his power rankings for every single team and the motivational factors that are going to be affecting this year's bowl games. Josh Applebaum, he's got you covered with betting insights and strategy for the bowl season. And then you've got Adam Burke who's going to be helping you out if you're a part of one of those bowl confidence pools. Give yourself an edge. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe if you have yet to already become a VEASAN Pro subscriber and check out the College Football Bowl Betting Guide. That is at VSIN.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Vison, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Mackenzie Kramer. Does terrific work over there at ESPN with their sets and information department, along with the Daily Wager, that tremendous show. And Mackenzie, let's take a look at a game that which, begrudgingly, I'll probably have to take some sort of a side on because it's Monday Night Football, but I'm going to drag my feet as much as humanly possible, the good people of Wisconsin, because I grew up 45 minutes away from Green Bay are going to want something on this. So, well, we're... We're there, but with the Green Bay Packers right now, they are a touchdown favorite. Tolan's game is 39 and a half. What are you able to make out of this game? Because with the Packers, they have been absolutely terrible, but there's no way that we are going to see the Rams have a drive like they did to end that game against the Vegas Raiders. And prior to that, they weren't looking very good. Man, we go from Broncos, Cardinals to Rams, Packers. Hey. Really hitting the hits right now. But uh, to me, this is Packers or bust. Kind of like what you said. If you set a line for this game with four minutes to go in last week's Rams game, what's the spread? Ten? The look-ahead line was nine, and the Rams looked like a dead team walking, where if anything, you would have just done the other way, and Green Bay coming off a bye. But, so to me, this is Green Bay or nothing. I even saw minus seven, minus oh five today. I put a little bit on. I'm hoping I can get a six and a half in this game, and then I would definitely play Green Bay. But this is Green Bay or nothing in this game, and it's so hard to trust this Packers team. One and six against the spread last seven as a favorite. Oh, and four against the spread last four as a home favorite. They haven't really been covering these big spreads all season long, but I think their offense has a little bit more juice now with Christian Watson, four straight games for the touchdown. We've seen the Packers at 28 or more points in three of the last four games. And I don't think this Rams offense is going to be able to do that much in this game. So I think the Packers offense is a little bit of juice. This is a must win game for the Packers if they have any chance to, to uh, make the playoffs. I don't necessarily believe in that, but, but, uh, the, but I do think the Packers look like seven. That's the right side in this game. Yep, with the Green Bay Packers. Right now, they'd be the team that I'd trust. Like you said, if this can get down below a touchdown, I'd be feeling a little bit better about it. But being someone from the great state of Wisconsin, I've been burnt too many times by this Green Bay Packers team, to say the least. Actually, more as a fan, because I've faded them quite a bit this year to some success. So, I will certainly take that. And let's take a look at the team that is out here in our area. The Las Vegas Raiders, they are playing us to the New England Patriots. And... We've seen quite a bit of line movement here. When I was doing this show yesterday, we were seeing the Patriots as a one-point favorite. Now they are between a pick to a one-point underdog. Toronto's game is 44 and a half. 
I know you've taken actually the full game out of the equation. You're looking at the first half. What is sort of the reasoning for going with the first half, and where do you lean here? See, this is such a tricky game because on paper, I think the Raiders are the better team than the Patriots, the more talented team. They're playing at home, so theoretically, I shouldn't be wanting to bat the Raiders in this game, but we've seen the Raiders blow these big lines, big games all season long. These big, They've blown so many leads this season, and I don't trust Josh McDaniels against Bill Belichick. However, I can't look past the fact that the Raiders, I think, are already an even team or maybe better than the Patriots. And then you look at the injury reports, which is probably why this line is moving. The Patriots, Jack Jones not practicing, Ramon J. Stevenson not practicing, Devontae Parker, Isaiah Wynn, Jacoby Myers. They might be missing a lot of guys in this game. On the other side, Raiders might be getting back both Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro in this game with an extra, with long, a long week to practice. I think the Raiders are the more talented team, and I think they're the better team. I don't know if I trust them to win the full game just because the Raiders have proven to be very untrustworthy this season. But first half, minus 115 on the money line, I really like that. So that's kind of why I'm going the first half in this game. So give me the Raiders. I think that that's a good look as well because the Raiders, they've been like your buddy at the bar all season long. They have not been able to close any of these games at all. And when you go with the first half, you know what? They're not feeling as much pressure to be able to win the first half rather than win the actual full game. So I don't need that look there. And this is a game which you could give a lot of different looks to. It is the Lions and the Jets. The Jets have now become the one and one and a half point favorite. We were seeing this more around Pickham about 24 hours ago. Toronto's game is 44 and a half. Interesting game because I feel like removing Zach Wilson has really been able to fire up this Jets team, a Jets team with a good defense. You go up against the Lions team, in which the offense is firing all cylinders. I think that it's very important with the Lions. Throw out a lot of the data that you had in October when they were dealing with all sorts of injuries. They were trying to get their legs underneath them without TJ Hawkinson. Where do you stand on this one? Because I think that you can make a relatively good case for both backing or fading either of these teams. And I personally, I've done nothing with it. I think this is a sell high spot in the Lions. I think that this the look ahead line for this one was was three in a lot of places, maybe two and a half in some places, and, and adjusted a lot after Detroit's impressive win over Minnesota. But I don't think the Lions are a better team on a neutral field than the Jets. The Jets have have a top five defense all season. They've done it against a really good group of schedule, a really good group of opponents. We've seen them really slow down the Bills offense twice this season. M- meanwhile, you look at who the Lions have been have been lighting up, have been uh, putting up points against recently. Not exactly the best teams in the NFL right now. And I know the Lions have covered six straight. That's the longest streak they've if they cover one more, it'd be the longest streak they've ever had in the Super Bowl era. But the Jets have responded in these games. They're 5-0 against the spread after a loss this season. They're 5-0 against the spread against teams with losing records. When they play teams that are at their level or below, which I believe the Lions are, they've typically shown up. So laying less than a field goal, laying only a point and a half. I like the Jets in this spot. A little worried about the Quinn Williams injury. Doesn't look like he's going to play right now. But even without him, I think the Jets are the better team. So laying under a field goal, I like them in this spot. This is a spot in which I... Don't know what to make out of either of these teams as you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers bunch that they've come out and they've looked much more solid recently. And this might be the first ever team to sell at the deadline in any sport and end up making the playoffs after canning their coach in which it wasn't like something had popped up with like health issues or anything like that. No, they just, they just can Matt rule. And clearly it's been the right move for them thus far as Right now, we're seeing the Panthers now as a three-point favorite with a total of between 37 and 37 half. And I think that this line has reacted a little bit too much because the look at what these was these Steelers being a three-point favorite. As we know, the concussion to Kenny Pickett last week, that throws a little bit of a monkey wrench into things. But from the look at line to now, I just don't see why this line is moved by a full six points. 
I assume it's because of the Kenny Pickett injury that he might not play, but he still might play. We don't, we just don't, he's putting, even with that, that shouldn't warrant six points in my opinion. I agree. I mean, what has Kenny Pickett done to show that he's four points better than Mitchell Trubisky or even Mason Rudolph? So I think Pittsburgh is the only play at this one, especially getting a full field goal. I mean, let me read you off a couple of trends in this game. I I like to read off trends because I write the trends article for ESPN.com, but I don't know if they're necessarily predictive, but there are two really interesting trends in this game. Number one, Pittsburgh seven and zero against the spread all time against Carolina. And number two, Last eight times Carolina has been a favorite. They have lost the game outright. And I've been born on Carolina so many times this season. And I think the Steelers have been a better team recently. That TJ Watt back in the lineup, their offense has not been good, but I don't think that's a big downgrade going from Pickett to uh, whoever the backup is or whoever plays for them this weekend. I think this is a low scoring game. I think the points are going to come into play, could easily come into play in this one. So I think Pittsburgh getting three. I, I really like them in the spot. Mike Tomlin is a dog that's always been a spot you want to go to. And there's also the narrative of, we talked about this before the season, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. You lose this week, there's your losing season. So there you go. Yep, I think that there's a lot to be able to build narratives around, really, in terms of both of these sides. But with the Panthers, I think it's more for them being able to win on the money line rather than by being able to win by north of three because – I mean, with getting three with the Pittsburgh Steelers here, I'm in a complete agreement with you there. This is one game that I have not done anything with. I don't know if you have or not, but Falcons versus Saints. Saints are a four-point favorite. Desmond Ritter comes in for Marcus Mariota. I've never thought highly of Desmond Ritter, but it's not like Marcus Mariota was lighting it up either. And with the New Orleans Saints, I mean, the fact that they have not gone back to Jameis Winston shows just how badly that experiment is going. Their offense has been all sorts of banged up. Their defense has really regressed from last season as well. Any sort of a player lean in this game? Because this is one of the toughest games on the board for me to look at. If anything, I would take the four with Falcons, but I don't feel great about that. I'm with you. I would take the Falcons or nothing in this game. I don't know how much the downgrade is for Marietta Desmond Ritter. I'm sure there is a downgrade. I'm not a big Desmond Ritter fan. I didn't love him that much as a prospect. He showed a little bit in preseason that he's a little bit more mobile than I kind of gave him credit for, but I don't really know how much to downgrade him, and I don't like laying points with the Saints. So for me, this is a total stay away. So this might be – I know Gil Alexander likes to say if there's one game on the card you want to stay away from, well, this would be my pick for that one. Well, my pick would be the Cardinals and the Broncos because not only do you have to actually pick the game, a lot of times if he plays a bet, you have to watch it, and I don't want any part of that. What I do want a part of is having you aboard, McKenzie, because you always do such tremendous work. You're amazing over there at ESPN with the stats and information. You mentioned the trends article that you always do a great job with, and you do a nice job over there at the Daily Wager as well. Always do appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that. My article was posted today in the ESPN shop, and you can watch Daily Wager at 6 Eastern ESPN too. Absolutely. And McKenzie, he does amazing work on that front. It's always great to have him aboard. And Coming up next, we've got the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience. I'll give you guys my Circa Millions card for this week. On top of that, my DK Nation pick for college basketball for this Friday. On the flip side, on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Ball sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a soccer, football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more. Bet Rivers is also calling all soccer fans. Head on over to BetRivers.com to check out the World Cup Daily Betting Get says it's a whole new game. This is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. A little bit of a programming note if you're listening live. Coming up next, a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience. And if you're listening to a replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard, it is going to be Follow the Money. And I heard that Mitch and Paul were involved in some sort of a blackjack tournament. We're going to need to get some sort of a recap there. I will clamor for that one. And on top of that, they're going to be recapping Thursday Night Football taking a look at what is going to be a very rambunctious week just in sports in general. Fortunately, I don't have any bull picks for you. And if I were to give you a bull pick, the team that I would pick would probably have half their guys opt out 
like two hours before the game anyway. So you probably would not want any part of that. And it happened to me multiple times last year where I'm just like, come on, North Texas, cut me a break here. So we're going to be sticking to college basketball in this one where half the team will not be opting out in the next 24 or so hours. And on top of that, I've got my Circle Millions card that I'm going to be sharing with you as well. That'll be coming up in five or so minutes. So how about if we start with college basketball and then we dive into the Circle Millions card after that. 883-884 on the betting board is up. You've got Creighton. They're going to be on the road against Marquette. Marquette is between a three and a half and a four and a half point favorite. So a little bit of variance out there in the market with the total between 152 and a half and 153 and a half. And my DK Nation write-up here is going to be on the total. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total under the Creighton Blue Jays have now lost five straight games. And I do think it's going to be becoming six. I made Marquette a five point favorite. So I'm willing to lay the number here as well. But with this Marquette team, They've actually done a nice job of bearing down on defense. In regulation, they've given up 70 points or fewer in six out of their last seven games. That's taken into account the caveat that the Wisconsin game went to overtime, but Marquette's done a nice job of being able to bear down. They do a good job generating turnovers, getting a turnover on about 24.5% of possessions when they're at home. That's one of the better marks in all of college basketball. Now, they're going up against a Creighton team that's done a good job of being able to take care of the ball. They're only turned the ball over 11 times per game. Been really impressed by Ryan Nemart. Nemart, he's been able to give the team a double-figure amount of points, shooting it well from three-point range, and he gives out nearly six assists, so 1.7 turnovers per game. So credit where credit is due there, but we just don't know if Ryan Kalkbrenner, for one, is going to play for Creighton, and for two, if he's going to be anywhere near 100%. Like, I don't think that even if he does play, he's going to be near what he is because he's been dealing with what they're calling a non-COVID illness, and... I sort of know where they're sort of heading on this one, and typically it takes a few weeks to be able to recover from it, so that is a bit of an issue as Kalkbrenner. He's the team's leading scorer. 16 points, 7.5 boards. At seven foot one, he pops it from 3 at 37.5%. He's in the top 10 nationally in terms of qualifying field goal percentage. Players at 76.3%. Chips in their block and half as well. And with Creighton, with Ryan Kalkbrenner, a part of this starting five, they're starting five. They all register at least 11.5 points per game. They don't have anyone else on the roster that gives you more than 4.9 points per game. Now, I will say for Frederick King, who got the start in his absence against Arizona State, actually looked really good. He had a double-double in that game. He's able to give you some respectable effort, but that said, got to figure that Creighton with having a short-handed roster, and if Kalkbrenner is out there having him less than 100%, they're going to be looking to throttle down a little bit, and for Marquette, this has been a team that has been doing a good job of turning it up. They're a middle-of-the-road three-point shooting team. They shoot about 37.5% from three-point range. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Now, what I do like about this team is Tyler Kolek. I was mentioning the fact that they do generate so many turnovers. Kolek is really the head of the sink for this team. He gives you 8.5 points per game, which is okay, but he's really efficient. Shoots over 40.5% from three, 7.8 assists at 2.5 turnovers per game. So an assist-to-turnover ratio that is north of three. He chips in there a little bit over a seal per game. And for Marquette, among their top six scores, five of them do generate at least a seal per contest. So very active hands there. Now, with Marquette and Creighton, they're both going to have a tough time being able to get second chances. Both of these teams rank outside the top 215 in terms of rebound rate on their misses. So they're not able to get second chances. If they miss a shot, it's going to result in a bare possession. And for Marquette, even with Ryan Kalkbrenner out of the fold, I don't think that they're going to do a great job on the glass. Also, Ogadero been able to give you 10.5 points, right around 7 rebounds per game. That's how you really don't have anyone else on the roster that's been able to give you more than, I would say, about 5 or so rebounds per game. Olivier Maximine Prosper has been able to give you 15 points, 5 boards. He's been able to do a relatively solid job for his Marquette team as well. And Cam Jones 
16 and a half points, shooting in the mid 30s from three point range. Do you like what he brings to the table? And with having this Creighton team very short handed, you still have guys like Trey Alexander and company out there in the fold. I did think that it's going to present some issues. Arthur Kaluma should be able to do a solid job in this game as well. He's been able to register 13 points per game, shooting about 32-33% from three-point range, but I do think that Marquette is going to do a nice job stymieing this Creighton team as you've got a Marquette team that has been playing significantly better in terms of their defense when they have been at home rather than on the road. I do think that they hold them down. I think that Creighton, with having Ryan Kalkbrenner either out of the fold or limited, is going to look to play a little bit more slowly. So this DK Nation pick and is going to be on the total, and that is going to be on the over. And when it comes to this Marquette team, I'm willing to lay up to a four and a half with them. So going to be willing to lay the points. Now let's dive into that Circa Millions card. And unfortunately, we're going to be starting out 0-1 with the Seattle Seahawks. Let's call it what it is. It was the wrong side. I still feel very salty about that fumble at the end of the first half. The drop should have been interception. Possibly could have been a pick six. Missed opportunities there. Let's hope that that doesn't happen with these other four plays. We had the Colts versus the Vikings. The Vikings were laying three and a half in the contest, and I was willing to lay it. Like I said, I'm seeing a three right now here at Circa on the Minnesota Vikings. If you like the Vikings, you probably... Hopefully you're not listening to a replay, but you probably want to go into your app and bet it right now because I don't think that this is going to be around for very long. Vikings, I do recognize that they might be a little bit of a paper tiger in terms of their record, but what have the Colts done to warrant being within two points on a neutral field of this team? I mean, seriously. Jeff Saturday has absolutely no idea what he's doing with the co- as a coach. I mean, it was a nice rallying cry when they were in the knockoff the Las Vegas Raiders, but Matt Ryan is washed up as a quarterback. You've got a banged-up Colts team, a team that has not been able to do a great job on defense. I do think that the Minnesota Vikings could be able to take it to them in this spot. I'm willing to lay the three-and-a-half year with Minnesota. Giants and Commanders, we've talked about this game a few times on the show, and with the Giants coming off of a tie against the Commanders, I just don't think either of these teams should be a four-and-a-half-point favorite. But the Giants are going to be able to do a nice job on the ground with Saquon Barkley. It's a Commanders team that Taylor Heineke has been able to guide them to a lot of games, much like the Minnesota Vikings, where they've won by one score. It's been a little bit of a squeaker. The Giants' defense has been able to do a relatively solid job. I think that they match up very well and just a very strange spot in general. Very, You don't have any sort of revenge angle because these two teams tied last weekend with the Commanders. It's the second straight time in which you're playing against the New York Giants, by the way. Something very, very rare because last week they had a bye week. Meanwhile, the Giants had to actually play a game, but going to be taking the four and a half year with the Giants going up against Commander's team. Let's call it what it is. Sorry, folks out there in the DMV area. Not much of a home field advantage with Washington because it's a poorly run organization towards the top. You've got Bengals versus Bucks. I'm willing to lay three and a half with the Bengals with Tom Brady. He was able to engineer those late drives against the Saints and the Rams. If it weren't for that, this team would be looking even more pathetic. And quite frankly, they still might miss the playoffs despite those very, very big heroics. Joe Burrow, 9-2 and two in the last 11 games. This is a Cincinnati Bengals team that is firing all cylinders. They look like they're going to be a force out there in the AFC. I mean, it looks like, in my opinion, the biggest layup on the board, which means that I'm going to be flat wrong and that bookmakers probably know something that I do not. I'm going to go for the cheese here on this one and avoid the cheese in the Green Bay Packers. They did not make my list, and I'm going to be willing to take the Bengals and then Patriots versus Raiders. I cannot trust in this Raiders team to save my life. You've got Josh McDaniels, one of the worst coaches in football, against a Patriots team of which they did not travel back after that Monday night football game. I thought that was smart, and guess who is a well-coached team? 
the New England Patriots. They've got that guy by the name of Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah, he knows what in the heck he's doing. I can feel very good about putting my money behind him. It's a Patriots team that they've been doing a lot of dinking and dunking, but at the same time, they've been able to do a good job on the ground game. I recognize that Stevenson is dealing with a few ailments, but if things need to be adjusted, Bill Belichick is going to be able to adjust and I just haven't been too impressed by Derek Carr in recent weeks as well. He's having to do just a lot because Devontae Adams has been able to go off, but you haven't been able to get a whole lot of flat else. It feels like Josh Jacobs is starting to get figured out just a little bit more as well after that massive game that we saw against the Seattle Seahawks. Things have been coming back to earth a little bit. I trust the New England Patriots in this spot against the Raiders team that has blown so many double-figure leads this season. I'm going to be taking the Patriots. They were a pick em in the contest, and that leads us into our into our pro tip for this hour, vcin.com slash subscribe for all these. You're able to sort them by sport and also by show. And this one applies to all sports. And I had someone ask me on Twitter, I'm going through a cold streak. What is the best advice that you give me? Keep things status quo. Do not do something that you wouldn't normally do. If there's like five games on the board that you like, bet those five games for your normal unit size. Don't force up plays, but at the same time, don't walk away from plays that you like as well. Keep things regular. If you've had a track record of success, believe in that track record of success and a successful show here on the network. That would be Follow the Money. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, they come your way 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.